Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast of the best shows on TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight we're doing True Detective, episode 208, and this was called The Omega Station. Uh, the director was John Crowley, and writer was, of course, Nick Piz Alato. Um, bro, I'm not going to give you the chance this time. I'm going to go ahead and speak my piece about this episode, and uh, maybe in the series a little bit overall. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I really, really 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 struggled with this episode I and mean, i just i had so much wanting so much for this and i've just felt underwhelmed like we were really worried about um there was some good parts there were some really good scenes there was a lot of information and a lot of closing gaps but unfortunately some of the writing decisions and some of the way they made the characters do certain things in this episode just really really took the taste out of my mouth and uh, just kind of hurt the series overall. Okay. This episode, more than any other, obviously, because this is an hour and a half episode, I really enjoyed the first hour of this episode. And it was the waning moments of it that kind of completely took the steam out of me. Because... I love the stuff with Frank and, and Ray going in for a shootout. I like the build-up and the train station and all the... I don't know, you had so much anxiety and it was very tense. And then I felt like, really, honestly, the two main characters I was pulling for went out with kind of a... A thud. Yeah, yeah. I just, mean, it was. I know exactly what you mean. We had such great buildup. The train was getting steamed the whole way, and then it just derails. I mean, just sudden. You know, poor. You, you rolled me right into what really I was going to say is that killed the episode for me. And like you said at the end, as well as it kind of kills the heart of the season because I really enjoyed this season. I mean, I know it was a lot. It was a lot of information. I mean, it was ten pounds of material in an eight pound can. I get all that. I do, but. I still love the having to work at trying to understand this because it was so complex and so on. But I mean, the three main characters and the one, and the ones, the three that died. Think about the decisions by the writing group and the directors for the way they go out. I mean, Paul he clears a, a room of six or seven guys, walks outside, and gets killed by Burris and. You know, I really hate to say this. This is what I really think the direction and the writing was going was they wanted a huge twist or amazing moment in each one of their deaths. And let's not worry about how we write up to get to that point. I mean, example. I mean, all right, we we want to we want to reveal Burris as the bad guy for real and shoot Paul in the back. Great moment. Oh, but let's put him in a door where he should never be at and would never know Paul's coming out of. Right after he clears a room of six or seven guys, they're armed, trained mercenaries. That right there, that just is blah. That just is poor decision. Then let's go down. Let's go um, Frank. I mean, Frank, he's dominating. He's doing all these things. He takes this house, kills Osip, gets this car. And then the Mexicans suddenly get him. 
And yeah, give me, don't get me wrong. He goes out to the, the desert. He gives up the million dollars. And the guy wants his suit. And I know why he don't want to give it up. He's got three and a half million dollars worth of diamonds in his pocket. He takes that suit off. He's got nothing. And the whole reason he did all this was because he, he needed nothing. You can't run on nothing. That's what he always says. And so he hits this guy and he gets stabbed. You know, and so his decision of, um, hmm, I can be naked and have a chance to walk out of here. Or I can take a, a, a stab to the ribs and die slow, miserable death. But I think the whole point they did all that was just for him to have that hallucination scene and him dragging blood and crows going behind him, which I thought was really cool. I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, I think it's a little bit out of that realm of reality, but stuff, but, but I, I appreciated it. I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I liked it and, you know, and him seeing his wife and, uh, you know, and him being dead way back there. I loved all that. I thought it was really cool. You know, it's not what I was rooting for. I was really hoping he was the one that makes it out, you know, the, you know the good guy gangster but I think all those poor decisions were to get to that point to have that hallucination scene and then finally you look at um, Ray's character and let's think about this in the, in the second episode or I'm sorry the beginning of the third episode he gets told you go into the woods and get shot to pieces okay well first of all before we even get to that look, we're on the interstate hmm we're going to make the decision to go see our kid knowing that they're going to be watching that kid looking for you and then when you do go see the kid you see the transmitter on your car and decide not to take it off. And then you decide to go ahead and drive and lead the people right to you instead of going to the garage, like he says. But I think it was all so he could have that moment on the phone with Annie. He could have the completion that he saw his kid and, you know, do the salute. And then why does he drive to the woods? And then why does he run out of there with a pistol and a shotgun? And why does he turn around and try to be John Wayne? and get? I mean, just... It was just to have those big scenes like he foreshadowed early in the season. And I just, I had such a hard time. They just seemed like really, really lame lead-ins to the end of our main characters. I, I'll be honest. I, I really don't like either one of the deaths. I mean, I'll be honest. I, was, I really loved the first part of this episode. I really liked where it was going. To the point where, if you weren't on Frank's side to begin with, you were definitely on his side on this. Oh, there's no doubt. I was so rooting for him to get out, and so rooting for Ray to make it out. Especially after he salutes his kid. It was so cool when you see the kid sitting there and he has the badge, you know, sitting on the table. It's like, they could have ended it right there and it would have been cool. You know, I just, I liked all the way up to that stuff. And then it got, really honestly with Ray... When he decided to exit, it was already predictable at that point. Oh, like yeah. You it was immediately knew deal. he wasn't going to make it. And, But honestly, the worst one to me is Frank. I can't stand it. I feel like the Mexican cartel was shoehorned in anyway. Like, they just, halfway through the season, they just kind of show up. Not even halfway. More than halfway. No, it was like a bootstrapping. Like it was, episode six. Yeah, it was weak. Okay, they bring them in for 10 minutes of screen time, and they're the ones that kill Frank. Look, I almost nailed it. A hole in the desert. You yeah. Know? Oh, I know it. But I knew it didn't. It wasn't going to end up that way. It was going to be something else. But, oh, man, it just petered out so terrible for me. And I agree with you. The cinematography and stuff of him walking through the woods and the, the carrion crows following him. And, you know, his wife saying, oh, you stopped moving a long time, you know, way back there. That was really cool and well done. But, man, it's not what I wanted at all. And then no. Ray, they... 
end was showing his phone. Yeah, failed, failed to upload. And I know yeah, we're kind of like getting ahead kick, of ourselves. Like kicking a dog. I mean, what? What? I mean, why you got to do this? To, I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I know. I mean, listen to the show. It's the name of the show is a world we deserve. You know. I mean, and they're trying to show that you know if you were this bad guy and you did bad thing like that, hey, you get what you deserve. You know. But that's not the truth. I mean, you look at like Jasani and he becomes mayor and all those other things. You know, the the corrupt world's going to stay corrupt. You can't overdo it, and the good guys die. You know, and it just. I didn't. I kind of went into this show knowing that a good part of these characters weren't going to make it, you know, because it didn't make sense if it didn't. If they all lived and the good guys won, I'd have been really booing this season, really, really booing it, because it's been nothing but dark, drab, and trying to dig yourself out of a hole. So many different versions of them. Anything, you know, everything from paternity to sexual dysfunction to, you know, corruption. You name it, and. I was just really hoping that we could get behind one of them and be really excited that this is how they came out, even if the other ones all died. And the way Andy makes it out and the whole thing, and I, don't get me wrong, I mean, the whole Ray and his potent sperm having her a kid and all that kind of stuff, you know, I'm guessing that's supposed to be a. Oh, you know, I, you know, it makes up for everything. His name continues, da da da. But instead, it was just it laid flat for me. It was not what I wanted. There was, you know, nobody got anything. Nobody, you know, nobody went anywhere. Everything went to crap. And uh, it's like, right, just dealing with the world you get, you know. And uh, I don't know. It just, it was just such a disappointment for to see characters that have been built up so much rally behind. To walk and die in the desert from a stab wound and another one just to turn around after a tree, you know, after he checks his phone to see if it gets uploaded and just gets smoked to death. You know, I just, I, it just, the decisions just really plagued me. And it, and it, gosh, I hate it because I actually really enjoyed this series. And I was happy that it was nothing like the first one. I was happy they went with more characters, even though it was too much material that they were trying to fit into eight episodes. It really needed a couple more episodes and some tweaking of information um, to yeah, really but- have that effort. But, oh, gosh, I hate that. that I'm, I hate that I'm leaving season two with a. It was gr- it was a good season, but that's what I don't like. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I kind of disagree a little bit with the more character part. I would have, I can see this entire season only being about Frank and Ray. Legitimately. I agree. You could you, as much as I like Taylor Kitsch's part of it. You remove him to this, you've lost nothing. Oh, uh, you can remove any, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because about- because all of her trials and tribulations to me really led up to nothing she brought two contributing points her sister was away into a party and her daddy had background information about old corruption other than those two things what does she bring to the table no it's not like i don't think she did a fantastic job and stuff like that but i I just say that her character from start to finish didn't add as much to the story as frank and ray did i agree and I look at it like this show could have been completely about Frank and Ray. Completely X those two characters off the, the whole map. And you could still have the exact story. Yeah, and it might have been even being stronger because you have the good and the bad, but it's actually the opposite. You know, the supposed good cop is actually kind of like the bad guy who's done bad, all this stuff like that. And Frank has been a gangster badass, but realistically he's 
done it and you know he does good things you know right and so and he's fighting the going back to being bad you know and so it was and, it would been really cool and you think ray ray is under uh burris and um holloway holloway so you had their connection because some of the worst stuff in the writing is the black mountain stuff and it's involved with paul it kind of gets real sketchy and like the writing is not as productive with the plot and stuff like that and it it, just like you say with burst being behind that door and uh his his homophobia attaching him to black mountain and that type of stuff i was like that's weak that's weak stuff to me so i look at like remove them remove both of them and you have an awesome story that they could have focused on focused on with ray's paternity and, and backstory frank's backstory with his trying to find who got his money Casper could have still been killed. You still could have had the diamond heist. Everything. and But you would have had two... The two characters, I feel, carried the whole season. I agree. I, you know, and I think it would have been really interesting. You know, unfortunately, I think uh, Pizzolatto wrote in uh, the girl part of it because he received so much flack um, about it being just a completely masculine show, start to finish, so on. And I, don't get me wrong. I really appreciate Rachel McAdams. I think she did really, really good. I don't think they gave her enough for the show to be a main part, but there was some several episodes that she really carried the episode. Don't get me wrong, based on the way things went. But like you're saying, do you? Let me ask you this question: Do you think that the reason the women lived in the end is because of the criticism he got from first season? Uh, maybe. You know, I think he wanted some strong female characters in there, and he definitely went a lot further away from any kind of TNA scenes and, you know, blatant, uh, you know, just nudity of any kind of girl that involves herself in the show. Yeah, you know, he, so didn't, I, he didn't make he didn't make any female character objective. I mean, I, right? I and you think how much they could have gone down that alley. Like, we never saw what was on the hard drive. You know, what what depravity yeah. could have been on there. Yeah, how about, um, that? How about that ending with the whimper? It was just kind of a, a bomb dropped on me. I was like, oh, well, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, this episode also, it dumped so much information to fill all the gaps we've got. But there was more gap than there was concrete story we had. Do you realize that? I mean, we learned nothing about the hard drive. And we learned about Casper being illegitimate fathers to these kids at the dive, I mean, the, the jewelry and mother and all this other information. And it was, just, it was just such an overload of gap filling at the end. And that's not satisfying. You, As a viewer, you want to be able to pick apart some of those clues and create your own little investigation and have those parts and know that you're on track and there just wasn't enough breadcrumbs or if there were, they were unnoticeable or you didn't realize you were supposed to see them. And I guess you're supposed to have this awe-inspiring at the end of like, oh my God, that was that person. But... It was underwhelming. I mean, we're talking about a set photographer who looks nothing like the kid in the picture. And the girl who, in my opinion, doesn't look much like her either, according, even though she dyed her hair and so on. It was just... God, I hate to keep saying it. It just it came out flat that it just didn't look right. You know, it, it, it didn't have the feel. I think he was going for a really big 
critical ending to have that. <gasps> but instead, you find all this information in the first 30, 40 minutes, and then poof. The train derails, and it's misery from there on. Because, like, when Ray and Annie, like, sneak into the house of the photographer, the brother and sister, dude, when he pops open the blinds and you see the raven mask and that music changes and stuff, it does it twice. You know, he steps in, he sees it again, and the music drops again and stuff. Yeah, did you see the white mask there, too? Yeah, and, and the... You know, he pulls back the curtain and you see all the photos he's, he's taken and stuff. And I'm just like, man, this is well done. This is really well done. Yeah, this is a good lead in. So, and you know, honestly, I liked the train station. There was a lot of tension. You know, the way. How about the outfit, though? The get up of the cowboy hat. and the, I the, loved it. I think he it pulls it off. It was ridiculous. <laughs> he pulls it off, man. It was ridiculous. He was the most noticeable SOB in the train station. Yeah, but I think that's hiding in plain sight, too. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Man. But it, either way... It's atrocious. You know, when he's sitting there, and him and uh, Holloway are having their conversation, and then dude gets up, and he's got a butcher knife, and I like the way those two went out. That was cool. Um, you know, it was just like... But when you find out the hard drive, is, it took, took a little steam out of it. You know, well, when you, that, how about the cliche of... Ray falls. The recorder slides on out. Someone Somebody steps on it. I mean, how many times do we have to see this? You know, so, oh, it got damaged, or it's no longer good, and I had all the evidence, and I dropped it in the water. Or I mean, come on, man, that's not what I want to see. I want to, I want to see that he he took a wound to the shoulder where he had it stashed, and it hit the recorder, and you know he's been great. You know, something different. Give me, give me something unique. And I know we talked about going through each character's start to finish and stuff on the same, but I feel like this is what we're gonna do. Let's just talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you could go back to the beginning of the episode and really kind of get to the like you said, the beginning of the episode was good. I love the emotion. I love the intention and and you know the moments where they talk. I mean, like Ray and Annie. You have, you there is no gratuitous sex scene, which was fine with me. I think you didn't need to that. That you're sitting in a bed and they're having confessional with each other, talking about right. their worst moments in life, his worst moments in life, and you see them taking these long pauses and absorbing each other and so on, and it felt real. And I appreciated that. And then he makes the phone. He gets you know he, the phone call with Burris, and Burris is taunting him and calls him a fag and stuff like that. And you notice that you know Ray doesn't even flinch when he gets when he says that you know and and hangs up on him. And he turns around and has a moment. Ray saying you know Woodrow's he's dead. You know Burris and this stuff. And she starts dropping tears, and you can see he's shaking. And then there's these long pauses, and then they start talking about how good he was and what a man he was. And different. it's not like another show where you know, 20 seconds later, they're in their car like, "We're gonna kill him. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that." You know, it's a cliche. They actually went to the time and effort to show that there was emotion, the thought, care for this person, and so on. I really, really enjoyed that. You know, even though it was, some people would say that's supposed to drag it out. Da, da, da. No, it's good to know that you can actually film a true emotion and it's well done. You know, and I appreciated that. And it was well done too, how they, they both, conf- like you say, confessional. You learned exactly what Ray did that night. You learned what happened to Annie and why, what her sexual, you know, you know, whatever 
offness is, you know, is that she's, she goes a little dark sometimes, you know, and she kind of is ashamed of that, you know. Yeah. And you notice, I love the flashes where at different times of the night, one was up staring at the other one asleep. And vice versa, you know, they're like they're, they're both other. they're both working with their inner demons and sorting it out and thinking about the other person, and it, it was a good way. I was a good way to start the episode. I, I appreciated it, and it set the tone, you know. And like she said, if there's a way to, you know, redeem Paul or do you know do something right by him since he saved our life what two three times, uh, I, I want to take that chance. And it set the right motivation for moving forward with the episode, and and that's what you wanted to see. And that's when I was like, I, at that point, uh, I was like, this episode is going to be good. And, it, and you know, and, and it, it was tracking great. It really I'm was. It really, really was. Um, you know, and then like I said, you know, they start investigating things. You meet Leonard, and um, and then it's it is it was pretty neat when you see you know. Uh, Frank at his uh, his bar, you know, and the, you meet Scarface, and you you get some background on her during this episode, which I thought was really neat. Ray mm-hmm. Ray was a good guy and did something good, you know, being who he was. Um, but you know, right in this little area was a part I couldn't stand. It was Frank's phone call to Ossip. I was just like, this was I don't understand why he's on the phone with him, why he's taunting him, why he's letting him know, yeah, burn your clubs. I mean, also sometimes like Frank, I did, I expected better. You know, that's so childish to, you know, act out like that. You know, and his his comments of you know, calling him a foreign bastard and different things. It just didn't care for that part too much. See, I didn't mind it too much. I thought this was more of just. I mean, I was also called him, but then Frank saying that he's long gone and telling him, you know, it may not be today or tomorrow or next year. I think he played it well. And making Ossip feel like he was long gone already. I understand that part of it, but the the insults, the way think, they were delivered, were cheesy. I think it's just like I said, just a way to to get to that point. Like I'm saying, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I understand his angle, but the, it was just cheesy insults, and I don't know. I I think it hurt it more than it helped it. Right, but. That was by far not the part that bothered me very much, you know, or parts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a small tidbit. It was oh, a great beginning. And I feel like I'm really crushing this. This episode was really good. Like, I really enjoyed it. Like, my blood was pumping. I was really enjoying it. I just, man, the endings of some of these characters, like, they were devastatingly unfortunate for me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just yeah. like... Well, I think it's just like when you go to the movie and you have such high hopes and expectations or something, and then it doesn't quite meet it, and then you just go ahead and bash the the movie because it didn't meet what you thought it should achieve. And it really wasn't that bad of a movie. And I think part of that is my emotion speaking. I will put that out there. But I do believe a lot of the decisions made were were not to improve the season as a whole, but instead just continued, you know, 
agreeing with naysayers as much as I hate to say it. But I mean, like, like you said earlier, the train station aside, his awful getup, you know, it was neat that he shows up and you see the surprise and then nobody knew that Annie was there. And so her coming in and shooting Burris was a, you know, was a welcome surprise and the event. And so a lot of that was really, really cool. And like you said, the guy going at him with the knife, it looked realistic. Yeah. You know, he was coming at him, he stabbed him a times. Holloway got his gun out, shot him, and then the cops greased them both. And I loved it. I think that's original. I mean, you just, when have you ever seen a season like that? You know, I can't think of a single movie where once somebody's defending himself and he ends up getting greased in the process of the cops, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a cool element, even though it needed some other little cliche things. That's what I'm saying. This, man, this was like climbing and climbing. And then we'll say it peaked at the Frank and Ray, you know, cabin gun show, you know, which was fantastic. I loved it. It was so well executed, and it was very yeah, exactly. It was really well executed. It was. It looked like it was thought out. You know, I, it was I quick. I, I, I really say it was had, quick. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was like bam, 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 bam. It's over. And tell me if you had this thought though. I had a feeling that this was going to be two or three SUVs pulled up, like on a back road somewhere, doing a cash drop. Not that they were going to meet at a cabin. In the That's woods. the part. That was the one thing I was like, I had a preconceived notion. When they said they were going to be at McCantless's house, I was expecting some giant mansion. You know, and I was like, how are two guys going to infiltrate this giant mansion, take out security, and get into this place? And then when you were like, when he was like, well, it's way up in the mountains, I was like, well, they're just driving to a remote spot to do a drop with cars. Right. That's what That's I exactly thought. What, and then when you were second, I was like, when, they show, when he showed up and they had this little you know, log and timber cabin, that was a surprise to me. I didn't see that at all. I, you know, and you got 10, 12 guys inside. You got two outside. I thought the numbers were a little off. If I wanted to be ticky, you know, and really kind of dissect it, if you had 12 million getting, you know, moved from point A to point B inside the building, I think I have 20 guys outside, <laughs> a couple inside. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, I didn't mind but it too I still much. Really I really enjoyed it, was, it. I thought it was really cool how Frank comes over there, pops the first two, they throw they throw you know the gas in there, and they're both there with assault rifles, just sm- both Swiss cheese in them as they come out the door. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. It was really well cool, and, and that's what I'm saying. So it like hit that, and then I think it hit some some like good emotional moments. Frank and uh, Jordan when he's telling Jordan to go oh yeah he's like f off you know and they throw, throw the rings did you see his little reaction when she throws her rings oh he was like, like, he was like, like oh, that, was that was a, a big, big rock. diamond <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was cool uh, you know i was i listened i went and looked through our feedback and some of our comments were you know uh you know they didn't really care for this you know some people are really bashing the jordan character i thought she did a good job this season i think she's been that you know the yin and yang of frank for a lot of things and uh, i i enjoyed this i mean i knew what he was trying to do he was trying to get her to go away and you know forget him because he didn't think he was gonna make it and i liked it i i, I mean i don't get wrong it was a little redundant saying two weeks less two weeks less. I mean, we said that five six times you know yeah and the weird like wear a white dress i'll wear a white suit with a rose all that stuff Soon as Jeez. he said that, soon as he said that, I knew Frank was dead. I knew he was going to make it out of the episode. I looked at my wife right there and said, "Frank doesn't make it out of this episode." And I, I was like, it was like my heart sank right there. But when she pulled off 
his face dropped. I think he knew. I think. Yeah, I think, he, I think, I think he, he knew that he was it. in trouble, right? Just like Ray knew when he made Annie give the phone to. God, I wish I could remember her name. I hate calling her Scarface, but Felicia. Felicia. Okay, and and first thing he says, "I'm not going to make it." You know, he knows, and which was fine with me. It's just don't go out with such a Peter. Just be. Don't go out into the woods trying to upload a, a audio file on your phone. Trip over your six million dollars, <laughs> stumbling into the woods with a pistol and shotgun when you have an SUV full of dudes coming after you. It was poor decision after poor decision after poor decision after poor. Decision. I just that really turned it my stomach because he could have gone to a parking garage. He could have done this. He could have tried some other things. But I guess that wasn't interesting. I guess we had to get to the woods like we had this preconceived notion with his dad and, you know, the whole bar scene after he got shot in episode three. And like I said, I think we had to find a way to get to the woods and let's don't worry about how we got there. But see, that's too on the nose for me. The fact that he had the premonition with his dad and stuff, that... That scene was really cool until it came to fruition. And I was like, ugh, two on the nose. You know, just two. Okay, so he's running through the woods and they cut him down. I'm like, it didn't have to happen exactly like they said. You know, I just, I don't know, man. I really feel like Pizzolatto needs somebody like Fukunaga, a no man, to say, no, man, you don't want that. That is. That's, or, that's or, two on the nose. Or that it, that or, makes sense. Yeah, you know, or shoot it in a different way where instead of him John waning it and going out there and just getting just blown to bits, you know what I mean, Lane? There was another way. You know, like his dad says, you're not a good runner. They're going to get you. You know, like that. You know, he, you know, he could, I don't know. I'd have to see it, you know, but he, you make it where he's running out of the woods and he's like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And then he just slowly gets picked apart, you know, and it's more poetic than it is him, John waning it with a shotgun with 10 guys and assault rifles. It just, or at that, he never even fired the shotgun. Make that one shotgun blast be into Burris's face. Burris is alive. Yeah, I mean, he walks away from this. I just, and then we got, I'm sorry, I know we're jumping all over the place and stuff like that, but this is what I wanted to do on our last episode, is literally just dissect the final episode and our feelings on the season. Yeah. And one of my major issues I have is, turns out, pretty much the big bad is little Chisani. He's one of the major big bads. Yeah, because even Holloway says, well, I don't work for that Chisani, I work for the other one, you know? Right. So, like, Tony's been pulling strings. Okay, so, little Tony, who we saw for three minutes, yeah. and that's it. Well, we saw him for that three-minute dialogue, and then a flash in the orgy house. That's all. Actually, I take that back. We actually saw two flashes of him. We saw him for three minutes, and, you know, the... Oh, second, checking the girls. Yeah, and then he's checking the girls when Ray's following him, and then he's into orgy house. Literally less than four minutes of screen time. I'm just like, this is... This is bogus to me. Like, I, I don't... We didn't get to see the mayor go out, you know? And he played such a big role. Yeah. And I'm just like, to see... I knew he'd be floating in the pool. I called that. I said oh, he'd yeah. be floating in the pool. Oh, yeah. 
you know, but I'm just like, ugh, man, come on. The things I wish they would have showed me, they didn't, and the things I wish they didn't show me, they did, you know? Yeah. It's just yeah. like... And, and like you said, we're bashing a lot, you know. Overall, we really enjoyed the season. We thought that the, the episodes built up. Um, you know, the things I, like you said, I enjoyed, I enjoyed him seeing his kid. I enjoyed the dynamics between him and Annie. I enjoyed that Vince Vaughn showed that he could do some dramatic stuff, even though he's getting a lot of hate out there. Um, I think he pulled all, pulled it off at least 90%. There were some parts where, you know, the blue balls of the heart and some other stuff that were just, it was way too much to swallow. And, and it was unfortunate because, but there was a lot of lines that a lot of people had to try to squid out that it just really, you know, and I mean, I can think of a line right now where, you know, he's in that little stash house at his bar and he looks at Annie and goes, you must be a cop. And she's like, well, what gave it away? The tits, you know? And I was like, really? I mean, you, you, that's, that's the comment you come with. And then you know, he rebuts, well, no, you're a woman with integrity. And, you know, and I was just like, why why does that why does that even have that kind of conversation or dynamic are you looking for humor are you looking for that and i just don't see it um and so i think unfortunately pizzolato as much as i enjoy his his way of you know communicating his story and different things like that it was just too much information um too much going on there was just a lot to try to dive into sensory overload like i've said almost all year um, and it was just, uh, it's a great story, but the way the story was told didn't help the story. Does that make sense? Kind of in a way, like, like I said, that's what I, that's what I talk about with the, I think a lot of coincidences, you know, came about and a lot of it had to do with Paul's side of the story, Annie's side of the story. The only people I feel like were completely tied to the plot in a natural way were Frank and Ray. The fact that Annie's dad had a past with Hitler and the Chassanis and all that stuff, that really kind of just watered it down for me. The fact that Paul was tied to Black Mountain, who just out of the blue ends up being working for Catalyst in Paul's town... You know, Paul's the cop that finds Casper's body. A lot of co- a lot of convenient coincidences. Right. If say so, so say you take Paul out of it and you take Annie out of it, and Ray just happens to be the cop they signed because he's dirty, and they know Casper's death is important. That say okay, open up the season with f- police tape and Casper's body. Well, you know, this this whole season was supposed to be about Casper's death, but it wasn't. It was about what Casper's death exposed. Exactly. That's the whole deal. And I think that was a big misstep. You know, everybody wants the murder mystery and not to be the intriguing part. Instead... We got a corruption. We talked about corruption and who's behind it. Right. I, and unfortunately, that's a tough pill to swallow unless you make it really, really interesting or there's some intrigue or mystery behind it. Instead, it's... 40 people are corrupt and let's see how much bad each one of them has done and how it connects to the next person or doesn't connect to the next person. And that's in, in phrase, I mean, Frank's intertwined with all that. And I think that's important, but yeah, I didn't, 
I didn't I didn't get that. I just I don't know. There I mean let's go back to the episode and talk about like a few questions you know where are the blue diamonds okay did Hollowell gave them to uh, Ray he did have them yeah he gave them to him and then when they escaped we never heard saw them again nothing I don't know that's, I mean, that's a quick question um, we never saw mom or Emily and the baby now you do see them at the highway you know, sign presentation at the end, and there's a kid born. You did see mom. Yeah, uh, you see him. Yeah, it's a quick flash. Of him. I saw the I saw him and the baby, but I didn't see you know, mom. but that that's all that was into that. You know, um, there was yeah. We send the sister off on a bus. See you back. You know that that was into that road. You know, uh, I don't know. There was you know there was a lot of uh, cutting, and that's it. Move on. You know. Time's short. Got to get in more information. Um, like you said, Burris living, Tony being the actual mastermind about a whole lot of this and being untouchable. Was, the rail still going on. Yeah, the rail still built. The the at the very end, the two women, you know, and the reveal of the raised kid. Um, who's the reporter? I mean, who is this guy? Is this this is nine or ten months later, and then they walk away and shoot. It's more than that. That baby's. Yeah, it's probably a good over a ten months old. You're probably right. So you we're know? talking almost two years here. I mean, there's a little. Like, all right, the kid at the school playground. Does he really have the badge sitting on the table with him while he's playing games at school? I'm sorry, I just don't. I you know, I just don't see a kid doing that. I see that getting stole or getting your butt whooped for having it. You know, or pick. I, I just don't see it there. I think it was put there to make Ray have that moment of. I connected with my son, and then the salute solidified it. Yeah, and I, I can't hate on that because I thought that was a really cool moment. I like the moment. Don't like how it was achieved. Like I said, I mean, of the things I didn't like, I can't lump that in there, you know, because there's. Yeah, it's just, man, it sucks because a total of five minutes of the show really bothered me. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, I just don't like the way Frank and Ray went out. I know, and I think that is the biggest reason we are have a lot of negative talking right now. And I hate to say that. I want our viewers. I know I've said it before. Really enjoy the season. I hate that you know it went out like it did. Um, I tell you what, let's let's get a few viewer feedbacks and we can let's shift gears okay. a little bit. Um, and these are some people who. I decided to put these on here because it's like what we're talking about. They're giving their opinion of what they thought of the season and the episode and so on. Um, Kim says, I watched the entire season. I have no clue what happened. What is the point of Kitch's character? What was the point of mom and the pregnant girlfriend? I love Kitch and think he's underrated and his character had no purpose at any time. This is unfortunate. Do y'all guys agree that if he was removed? I think we already talked about how you know you could actually remove his entire segment and maybe it improves the show. Uh, I think Kim's on the point there. Um, uh, Mike says, The series was difficult to follow. However, I'm saying that it was still good to watch. It's better than any basic network TV out there, and y'all have communicated that, and I completely agree. Uh, the drama was good, but unfortunately, I just could not follow the amount of information, and I really appreciate the work the actors did with what I consider average writing Thank y'all for this season. Um, 
And I appreciate that, Mike. Um, and I, and I, I'm 100% on board. I think it was better than any TV out there. I think HBO is the head of the game. I think them and AMC and a few others are really stepping on out there and giving us new and cutting edge TV that is real and raw and we love it. And that's why we, why we're podcasting on it. I mean, uh, the bottom line is you think about it, the four shows that were our primary show, two of them are AMC and, and two of them are HBO. I mean, you, you kind of look at it that way. Um, and I love some stuff FX does and, and a few others, so, but you're not going to really see us talking about an NBC show or a CBS show. So it's one of those things. Um, Jeff says, um, guys, there's a lot of hate going on there, but the season wasn't that bad. The dialogue fit the characters, in my opinion, maybe a little too well. Uh, this was a dark tale that needed to be tidied up, and at the end was the best way it could have is the best way it could have gone given the material of a sophomore season of an amazing show. I feel like this season never had a chance from the beginning because everything is compared to season one and people do not realize this is an anthology. I really hope that season three comes out and that it shows that season two did have merit on its own case. Do you feel like we're actually going to do season three? Um, First of all, I agree with his comments 100%. Um, I think that number two was never given a fair shake from the get-go. I've said that before. It's always going to be compared. Um, But I will tell you that um, a good example is this. Uh, Bro, you've watched The the Wire, and you know how good The Wire is. Okay, There was five seasons. Do you know which one is considered the worst of the five seasons? Guess. First season, right? No, the second, second season, season, season is considered the worst. Yeah. And they call it the sophomore slump. And a lot of people are saying, and which I kind of agree with is, is that the first season came out and was dynamic. It was new. It was fresh. Never seen before. Real violence. Real people. A great story. A good storytelling. And then the second season comes out, and it was a different. Different setting. Different characters. Different things. And it suffered for that. But then when season three came out, it gave season two credit. And then four and five came out, and it made the entire five-season se- series amazing. And it made me appreciate it, which I've gone back and watched it twice, and it's just that much tastier every time I go back to watch The Wire. It was just, you realize how really well it was, it was done. The difference, I think, in The Wire and um, season two, True Detective, was is that there was tons of characters, but it was more gripping, and the dialogue seemed more authentic based on what the story was trying to communicate. Would you say any different? I mean, definitely this, this series had a large hill to climb just based on expectations and everyone had the thought that there's no way it could live up to the first season it's been you know living with that limp this entire you know go around but he also mentioned that the the writing was was well done and and fit the characters well and and for a lot of it i would say yes i feel like the writing for Ray's character, Colin Farrell's character, was spot on. Frank, it was probably about 75% was good, but the 25% at the beginning of the season was brutally bad. (laughs) And then again, Paul was a very stoic man. He said little, you know, 
it just had kind of some outburst, you know, and and then Annie, I've I pretty much have come to conclusion definitely that Pizzolatto knows how to write a character like Ray, just like he knew how to write a character like Marty in the first season, you know, just in in Russ too, just guys with demons, you know what I mean? Like he can nail that guy. But he couldn't nail Annie to me. Couldn't nail Paul to me. I, I think you're on. I think you're on a great point. I think you're. I've never thought of it that way, and I hate to say that. Dang, that sounds money to me. Yeah, I, I. He he crushes the Ray character to me. I mean, oh, yeah. this this so did so much for Colin Farrell to me. You think about it. The guy realistically is a scumbag, but he does redemptive things to make you like him in the process of being a scumbag. And he's not even that scummy. They talk about it through the whole season. In whole cultures, no one would blame you for what you've done. You know, he just, he was broken after that, you know. And even Frank, they talk about, he's really not a bad guy. You know, he just, he's a product of his environment. And he just took it to this level, you know. I just, I just can't, I can't stamp, you know, Annie and Paul's right. characters. I just can't. Right. I hear you. Um, the last, the, the last three feedbacks I wrote, and I think they really share our opinion. And I really appreciate you guys um, writing in on this. Um, uh, Alan says, I really think this season could have been something really special. Unfortunately, the script just sucked for me. And so that was his thoughts. Um, the season was great, but the finale just left a bad taste in my mouth. Hopefully next year's better. And then the last one says, um, David says, Unfortunately, uh, the last thing you're going to remember is a lame ending of characters that you were rooting for and unfortunately never achieved what you thought they would. So sad for a great season. Well, honestly, what sucks is that I, th- I think those characters did achieve what I wanted. It was just that hitting home plate, you know what I mean? They get shot down, you know, heading right across home you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. they did what i wanted they were on the track that i wanted and then i don't know they get out of left field to me because i think the mexicans like i said were shoehorned in they weren't big enough characters to take frank out they weren't a big enough plot point you know and then ray like burris doesn't get his comeuppance and he just dies in a hail of gunfire in the woods yeah, and how many red herrings do we have this season? A zillion. I mean, you know, I can't count that high. I just the whole thing, the whole thing, the the orgy party barely had anything to do with it. No, there was just a lot of stuff stuffed in there to give you visual dynamic. Well, just they stuffed a lot of stuff in there to fill eight episodes. It feels like to me, when really I would have loved to just delve deeper into Frank and Ray and that relationship that was you know what it feels like to me it feels like Pizzolatto had a great story for Frank and Ray and then like you said all the critics got to him so he said okay how do I add a female character in how do I add a gay character in 
You know what I mean? And I'm not saying so he's just like status quo. I better make sure. Well, I'm not saying he's biting politically correct. You know what I mean? It's just if you want to make your story, but also please some of those audiences that had a problem with your first season season being so masculine, then okay, this makes sense. But I feel like, man, I got this because he's talked about it, he's had this story for a while he wanted to work on. He's got this awesome story of Frank and Ray, I feel like. And then he had to fill in some gaps with two more characters that honestly don't have to be there. You yeah, understand what I'm saying? Like, I hear you. To fill time. It's like he had a great story for a two-hour movie. But to make it an eight-episode season, to fill eight hours, you had to throw in a couple more characters with some more plot. Because all they were ended up being was mainly filler. Their story is mainly filler. Yeah. I don't know. Um, like I said, it's unfortunate. Um, but, I, I, you know, the only other thing I can think of from the episode that kind of had a sting, and but it's the way you and I really think it went down, and I think that's the way we predicted it as well. And I can kind of make the last thing I'll talk about about the episode is, is that the paternity test. I think that was something that was pointing at the end is that this season has been about sexual dysfunction, children, having kids, not being able to have kids, different things, rape victims, you know, other people's burdens. I mean, there's been so many references to, you know, those kind of things. Um, do you think it was poignant to have the results shown and see and the timing of it? Do you think that was good, bad? What are your thoughts? Well, I'll be honest, I thought the paternity test wasn't for Ray. I thought it was for the rapist. Did they go over that? Yeah, well, when you do a paternity test, you need to find out if the person who has rights as the father is the father. And so I always knew the paternity test was for Ray. Right, but I don't know. For some reason, it surprised me. And I thought it made me feel good to know that it was Ray. I, you know, I always thought it was kind of him, especially after the, the, they made a big deal about a few things. I was like, wait a minute, the real shock value, the real, the you know, it gives value to what he was doing, gives meaning. And like you said, he'll never know. And that's what was, that's why it was done. And I think it's the way it needed to be done. And so I applauded this part. And that's something like, that's why I don't mind ending with this is that I thought that was good. I thought it was, we learned, you see her cry, realize that he was the father. He was trying to be the father. He was trying to do things, but the rape changed everything. And he thought he had to do what he needed to do be as a man. And unfortunately that decision destroyed his life. And never got to be the dad that he wanted to be in the whole nine yards. Because you see those little pictures of him holding the kid. Oh, it's great. And it was just, it was tough. My wife was a little kind of choked up a little bit. And she, you know, and I was like, that's good TV. That's good direction. That's a good way to grip your heart a little bit. And I appreciated that. You know, the sad thing is, is you know, I wish that more of the episode had finished that strong. See, I don't think it would have been as poignant if Ray hadn't died. Because you think she sees that in the paternity test and stuff like that, but then Ray goes and lives it up for six million dollars with Annie, and now they're a happy family. Right. That I, wouldn't have yeah. that wouldn't have come over so nice. Well, like I said, but if Ray dies without poor decision making, 
and catastrophic decision making. Let me rephrase that. Um, and you know, and it's more of an elegant see you by a send off. You know, it was just insult to injury. Poor decision, poor decision, poor decision. The file doesn't upload. Different thing. You know what I mean? Come on. Um, that's what would have made it more poetic. Yeah, like I said, I think it would have been nice to see him bury Burris, but on his way out, you know, ex-dirty cop taking down a dirty cop. Yeah, exactly. Get Burris beside a tree and, you know, he's like, you're not going to walk out of here. And he go, and he'd be like, neither one of us are. Yeah. It and just, finish him and then just goes out in a hail of bullets. That's awesome. You know? You know, have a poetic something to say, you know, and then if the phone drops and says, you know, uh, sent or whatever, and then, you know, that's a good thing. You 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 have a moment. Instead, it's, let's just keep ripping your guts out. And then, oh, let's just shoot them to pieces, you know, and walk which, up on his Which store. had no emotional effect on me other no. than negative, like, oh, that sucks. Exactly. It was, yeah, it was unfinished business. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, I really enjoy the paternity test part with him. I don't like the part with his dad. If Well, I would have liked it if he was just a little bit bigger part of the show and they didn't have the premonition scene, which at first I loved, but like I said, two on the head. Yeah. You know, don't make it literal. Literal foreshadowing. I mean, like, on the nose foreshadowing. Exactly. You know, the the premonitions, the hallucination, all that stuff like that. You know, what I really enjoyed about Frank walking through the desert, it was showing him fighting his inner demons from his past. I mean, his dad calling him a lanky piece of crap and the kids from the neighborhood calling him Big Bird and different things like that. And he's shucking that off like, you know, you're nothing to me. I'm above all that, you know. And then he sees the wife. I loved all that. Just the decisions to get to that point was what killed me. Like you, know? you said, with the paternity test, it had a nice emotional bang at the end. Frank walking through the desert had a nice emotional bang at the end. Yeah, he sees his wife and he's but like, no, baby, I got to keep moving. I got to keep like that. And he goes, I'm sorry. You stopped moving way back there. It, it's know? the death scenes. The death scenes ruined it. Yeah. You know, well, I didn't mind Frank's death scene. No, that's crap. You don't. he wants his suit. The, the decisions to that is what killed me. Like that, the whole, the suit. Why was the suit even questioned? Why does that guy want his suit in the middle of the desert? Why is that even written in? That's, that, you take that part away, and Frank, you know, is, you know, they're like, they would leave him, and they go ahead and stab him, and, you know, to make him have a miserable death, not because he attacked a guy over a suit. You know what I mean? Instead of, you know, uh, thank you for the million dollars, and here's thank you for screwing us, and you know a poke in the stomach, and then they leave him to, to bleed to death. That's more realistic than him attacking somebody over a, a daggum suit. You know, don't get me wrong, the suit had the million, you know, the million diamonds, and I get all that. Da, 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 but why does this guy even want it? I mean, that's just so unnecessary. You know, his stabbing was led by an, un, un, an unnecessary part that was just a weak writing point, and it's unfortunate. And it's just like him going to the Turks and then suddenly being found by the Mexicans. Did the Turks turn him in? Did they betray him? Were the Mexicans on him the whole time in a car that he doesn't drive typically? I mean, I, 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 I don't just, why, how do we even get to the desert so fast the way it went? And 
dang, that frustrates me. Well, that's what I'm saying. I like they shoehorned in the Mexican cartel, and it was bogus. Yeah, it was. But bo- they they make you focus on the Cisco kid guy. He's not even the one that stabs him. Just random thug number three stabs him in the side. <laughs> yeah, number three. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Have him have him get shot in the head and dropped in there with a suit full of diamonds, and then they bury his ass with diamonds. Yeah, you know, and then maybe they track a cell phone to that hole and somebody digs him up. He'll have Jordan dig his ass up and find the diamonds. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just, mm, I me. just, man, I hate the way they went out. God, it puts such a sour taste in my mouth. I know it. I know it. On the season, I really enjoyed. I know it. All right. Well, let, let, let's wrap this. All right. Overall season. Well, first of all, check. I think we've already established the last episode deflated us for the season. But overall as a season, as a whole, how do you judge it? I judge it as really good television, but a deflating ending. So I give it... I mean, you can't call it middle of the road C because it's better than your average television. So I'm going to give it, it a yeah. B. Okay. A flat B. I'm going B minus just because too much information can, you know, like I said, 10 pounds of crap in an eight pound can. Um, too many characters, too many characters to follow with not enough screen time to have the value that they were trying to create. Uh, And then the endings did not match the steam they had created for them. And so it was like somebody just hitting the release valve instead of actually having the explosion. That's how I sum up this season, is that we have two months, eight weeks of good television that's better than anything on regular network uh, that unfortunately tried to go a little out of the box on closing up characters, too many characters, and poor decisions were made and how they led up to their ultimate demises of all of them, and it plagued the it plagues the whole season because that's how it ends and so b minus is generous to me um but like i said it's better than most tv you know i watch uh, some other things on network that i would never podcast about and it's just it's not even the same ballpark it's true to tech dribble yeah and so that's why i say it's a b b minus um and unfortunately it just had potential to be amazing well, I'll say it again. I think the show did a lot, in my opinion, for Colin Farrell going forward. I've never thought he was a bad actor, but I've, I always thought he was kind of typecasted and put into garbage roles. You know, kind of look like money grabs almost, you know. he always, Every time I look at Carl Farrell, I think he's the guy after the first guy declined. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, like, great movie, Russell Crowe declined, Colin Farrell's available. That's what I always look at him as, a, and I, you know, and that's not fair. But he he really did a good job, and Vince Vaughn proved towards the end of the season that he can carry a candle in drama. Oh, I think so too. I just, I got exactly what I expected of Rachel McAdams. She's she's a fantastic actress. She carries her weight no problem. Mm-hmm. Taylor Kitsch, he actually surprised me a little bit. You know, as far as I've known him from stuff I've seen. Nothing impressive to, in my eyes because it's network TV and it's John Carter Mars garbage. This I thought he was I thought he was great. You know what I mean? I just don't think he was necessary. 
the only thing that's necessary, and we gotta get away from the constipated look all the time. Uh, that was that was the one downside, to, you know. But yeah. I, I don't know if that was just part of his character arc, or what is a man conflicted, or no one. And we never found out what happened to his bike. Dang it, his bike. You know. Anyway, um, look. Let's go ahead and say this. I want to close out with uh, some shout outs to some people who gave us some positive reviews and some emailers that come with that. We always want to try to give a shout out to you guys. Um, we really, really, really appreciate um, all these positive reviews, man. We're moving up. We're getting a lot of uh, you know feedback and exposure, and we love it. And we do it for you guys, and because we love it as well. Um, there was uh, a Juju08 and said some really, really awesome things on iTunes review, as well as Autry1219. Um, I didn't get a name here, but they both said some really, really good things. Gave us the five stars, and we want y'all to know that we you are appreciated and um, always continuing doing our show and we hope to be able to expand and even give back to some viewers uh, down the road when maybe things some change. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Um, I know we had a new um, several emails um, from several people. I know a guy named Merrill Lynch uh, had some good tweets back and forth. I know a guy named Ray Bravo. He had some awesome emails uh, coming back and forth, and uh, he was giving us a good, uh, good little bit of lip service. So, guys, I want to give you all a shout-out and props. Praying for you all so much. Um, this has been a great True Detective season. Uh, we really enjoyed podcasting on it. I know my brother and I have really enjoyed it. And uh, we're looking forward to the future. You, you got anything else to say about this, True Detective? No. You know, I'm not going to give up on them. I really hope they give a third season. Well, I, I know they've offered it. it to Pizzolatto. And he is stewing over the eye of doing it. I know HBO Executive has already green light episode three. But Nick has not made the decision whether or not he's actually going to do it. And I wonder how the rights work. I wonder if he owns the rights to it or if they could bring in a new writer i don't think it's going to happen unless nick does it is my understanding i don't i don't know that for sure but my understanding is it's in his court whether or not it happens or not i really hope he does it again because i don't feel like there's anything else on tv like it no i think he's got a niche i really do i know it says true detective and people kind of bash that it's not really true detective but i think he really has a niche right now and he has the right um TV series or producer HBO to do it with, you know. And oh, I he'll, think, he'll never get a better studio, better budget ever. I mean, no. they and so um, Nick, if you're listening, do season three, brother. We're we're all about it. We're we're diehard fans. We might have doing some bashing this this little episode here about the final, but a lot of that is just emotion because we were invested into some characters and wanted to see things go a different way. Um, but really appreciate your season, and guys, I think uh, we're looking forward to next year if uh, if it comes through. But uh, the next thing we're gonna be podcasting on is Fear of the Walking Dead. And that comes out August twenty third. Um, we've got already got one preview cast, and we're gonna have a second preview cast out. Right right about the same time as this one or, or the next day. Uh, so give those a listen. We've got some good information, some good stuff, letting you know how this episode is going to go um, with you know, director interviews, a lot of other cool stuff. Give it a shot. They're short and sweet and get to the point. And we're looking forward to hearing y'all on that show. But if there's nothing else, um, guys, this was Bleed TV and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And this was awesome. And we'll see y'all next time. Change will come to have no fear